0: Welcome back to another episode of Gaining Momentum. I'm so excited for everybody to listen to this week's guest before we get to this week's episode and interview. Meg, what's going on?
1: Hi. So many things. So many things are going on. I'm a little bit like fired up.
0: Ooh, like that that cheerleading movie from like 2009-ish Fired Up or a different (laughs) one?
1: Yeah, a little bit like that. If it was like about like gender and marginalization and all those things. Was it about that? I don't recall.
0: <laughs> I did not watch it. I just know that it was a true <laughs> movie. Well, so what How's you feeling fired up? Did you watch something? Did you read something? What's going on?
1: So last week, my son's school sent out a, um, a newsletter about dress codes. Okay. Bum, bum, bum. And it was like,
0: Super chill yeah. and cash and everyone was happy with it and everything like, was worded well.
1: It was so great. It was like, kids, wear whatever you want. And nothing that we're about to say here is going to marginalize anybody <laughs> in any way or shame. Or... No, it wasn't. It wasn't great. I am a parent who will write a, write a letter <laughs> mm-hmm. when I feel compelled and when i feel like it's important enough and thus far there's been a f- just a, only a few few instances where i've felt the need and this this happened to be one of those instances it was sort of like oh like i'm tired and i don't want to engage in this but like i have a duty and an obligation and i have a knowledge base like i i, n- I have Wait, to like you have a suspense what happened i offered just like some what i know to be from like working in this area for a while like some of the best practice is around like talking about dress codes a i don't i think dress codes are nonsense to begin with mm-hmm. they mostly exist to police w- young women's bodies and mm-hmm. are the roots of r- rape culture and misogyny and you know all of those internalized messages that kids take in at a young age and and like over target um obviously young women and kids that are trans or non-binary far more than they do their cisgender ma- male peers so you know this is like all the things that I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, had, I sent that and I sent some information I sent some articles. Good. Resources are important. Yeah. And just tried to be like, here's what I can offer. I hope that you consider this and how you move forward with the um, conversation conversational dress codes. Anyway, there was a pack meeting tonight.
0: Okay. That's parent advisory council.
1: Yes. Okay. Ask me how many pack meetings I've been to in my day.
0: I'm going to guess 35.
1: Big old goose egg. <laughs> anyway. So the conversation, which was better than I expected. Okay. I have to commend this principal who is on a learning curve mm-hmm. with some of the ideas I had to share. Um, and I think that he tried really hard to like, work through those ideas and work. I could tell he read the articles. Nice. You know, he certainly wasn't perfect in his approach with the conversation, but nobody ever is. No one is. He was like really trying to learn and really trying to do the right thing. And be like, I I made a mistake here, and I I'm accountable for that language I used, and I have some expertise that I was given around you know how to talk about these things. So I'd like to open it up, and mm-hmm. um, and then I was really nervous that like I was going to learn a lot about like the parenting community that I didn't want to know, like in the how, parenting community, like
0: the other parents in in the school.
1: Yeah, and just like you can live in denial, but then when people are putting their ignorance on the table, you just can't like. Mm-hmm. You, you can't unknow those things about what people believe. And I was pleasanc- pleasantly surprised by how many allies were in that conversation around nice. why the language and why even dress codes generally in the way that they've traditionally been approached are really problematic and need to be re or abandoned entirely. Because we can't just divorce the concept of dress code from like history and like social context, right? Right. You know, there were a few interesting and frustrating Comment. There always are. So anyway, it was. It it does like make me think about our conversation, though. Even with Astrid and Ainsley, around these are conversations with kids that parents need to be having young, mm-hmm. um, and talking about these things in intentional and like mindful ways, and and also just like you know normalizing talking about gender and sex and sexuality and and all you know like diversity in all of those places um, within your family landscape and just the difference that that can make you know if people not experiencing oppression out in the world
2: yeah
0: so the two names Megan mentioned are Astrid and Ainsley and they happen yes. to be our guests for today so Yay. let's get to our conversation with them
1: Welcome, welcome, Gaining Momentum community. Today, we are so excited and we're so honored to get to talk to two of my good friends, Astrid and Ainsley. Welcome. (laughs) Hi. 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 So Astri and Ainsley became parents for the first time this year during the pandemic, and we wanted to chat a bit with both of them about their parenting journey during this wild year. And also this season on the podcast, we really wanted to explore all of the beautiful, gorgeous diversity that makes up families. And we were particularly interested in talking about the experiences of queer people in their parenthood and family journeys. So Ashley and Inslee have been super gracious in their willingness to come on the pod and talk to us a bit about their experience in this parenthood journey in general and also their experiences as queer a queer couple, building their family, and uh, becoming parents. So welcome you guys, everyone. We're so excited that you're here, and we're so grateful that you are giving us a little bit of your time today.
0: Hi. 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 Yep.
2: Hello. Hi. And you're so also going to be, here. And you're <laughs> also gonna be hearing our baby <laughs> in the background.
0: Awesome. Sweet. Built-in soundtrack. I like it. It's on brand. We like it. Before we get started, I think we met... Back in the day, but just in case, I'm going to do a quick intro and I'll throw in my pronouns. I'm Abby and my pronouns are she, her.
1: Oh, I'm Megan. And my pronouns are also she and her. And we'd love to invite you both just to introduce yourselves and also uh, the pronouns that
2: you choose to go by.
3: Hi, I'm Ainsley and my pronouns are they, them.
2: And I'm Astri, and my pronouns are she, her. Gender <laughs> has gotten wild with gender gonna... <laughs> Gen- yes. I'm, I'm coming out to my wife right now you yeah. no, I don't know Gen- pronouns have gotten really wild and gender's gotten really wild with yeah. this like ultra feminized
3: act of
2: having a baby and mm-hmm. um, nursing so ask me what my pronouns are again like in six months or so when maybe we've weamed.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's really oh I feel like we could do a whole hour on that that's like really juicy yeah. and meaty But speaking of just your journey through this parenthood thing, Mm -hmm. I mean, we just wanted to start by giving you some space right off the top to talk a little bit about what your parenthood journey has looked like. So anything that you want to talk about um, in that landscape? So everything from, you know, your experiences in getting pregnant to your your birth experience and, you know, this whole wild first year of pandemic parenting.
2: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, I guess... Ainsley and I talked about what we might share with your listeners uh, Mm -hmm. for this and we talked about how what we wanted to put out there was maybe what we would want to hear when we were starting or thinking about a parenting journey Mm -hmm. and so um, I guess one thing that has been really cool and special for us has been really expanding the meaning of family Mm -hmm. uh, in the process of Mm -hmm. um, having our little kiddo.
3: I don't know if you want to speak to that Ainsley. Yeah, well, um, you know, we explored like a lot of options as far as uh who's gonna get pregnant and how. And um we were definitely we were definitely open to all kinds of different ways. But the way that we landed, we, I, I feel like we got pretty lucky. We found a friend of ours that Astrid knew since high school. And I've known and I knew independent of Astrid even before Astrid and I had, like when each other started dating. And um uh, he uh-huh yeah, he agreed to or it up to uh, be a sperm donor, um, and you know, and we talked about it, we're like, okay, lots of people have said that, but like, you know, we talked and talked, and we're like, okay, I think this would be awesome, like, let's go back, and he's like, yeah, okay, yeah, I think I'll do it, and he talked to his family about it, right? Yeah, one of my,
2: the things that um, made me I think your kid (laughs) actually wanted to tell the story yeah they're like this is my story actually
1: so Uh, you're right
2: it is your story (laughs) and so one of the things that actually made me feel like we really landed on the right person was when he went my gut feeling is yes but I need to think about it and I was like that's right yeah you need to like reflect on it and he went and spoke to his family as well and he wanted to see um and not uh, like as in his parents and his sister mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because he he's not uh, he's not um in a relationship at the moment he wanted to yeah see what that would be like for them because we made it clear from the beginning that because he's Persian and we are not, that we wanted to make sure that our kiddo had um, access culturally to Iranian culture. And um, so that if we were to get pregnant, um, that like we would want for his family to be her family. Um, And so he went and spoke to his family and they were just o- over the moon. I mean, us mama, you were like grandma oh. in English. Her reaction was, "I'll steal the baby." She, <laughs> cool, she cooled off. A little. Yeah,
3: a little bit of a she red fling. flag, but <laughs> great. Love your
2: enthusiasm. Yeah, so that was um, a really cool adventure. Even the process of getting pregnant was just so funny. With like we didn't use a clinic at the time in order to use a clinic, it would have been really challenging. Like he mm-hmm. would have had to have gone to Toronto oh, wow. and through ReproMed and gotten like a whole bunch of testing. And we would have had to like sign waivers to say that like, we find it acceptable, acceptable that he's a gay man and yeah, has had sex have with have men a... in order to like what? accept his sperm donation. Cause it's like kind of under the same thing as like
3: blood donation blood don- and it's super yeah. homophobic. Yep. Yeah. Like, like just off the bat, like there's, a ban basically on gay men donating mm-hmm. sperm. So in like the national, whatever, and that, that's where you have to go if you want to get, like yeah. if you want to have yeah. sperm frozen or whatever the process that's is. That's So
1: I know, how fucked is that, that we're still there?
2: Just, so
3: I think just like that was like, okay, that was enough to- Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. so if he wanted, he couldn't donate anonymously, but he could donate to us. Anyway, just like this massive process, it's changed in the past year where now oh, we would have been able to take him to our local fertility clinic. Nice. And they would have been able to just like do a sperm collection and act, uh, we could have done IVF or IUI or whatever we wanted to do. But mm-hmm. in this case, we just did like a home insemination using a cup and a syringe and nice. he preloaded the syringe for us, which we thought was very kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, very <laughs> and um, one thing I want to say as we're sharing all of this is that never ask a family like a queer family how they conceived exactly um it's super personal we are wanting to share this Mm -hmm. and and assume that the couple knows that you want to know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and they'll tell you they'll tell you when they want you to know (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah I feel like that's like
0: most things deeply personal things in life where like let people share with you instead of trying to coax
1: it out of them Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate you saying that because one of the things we always want to be careful about is just because we're having a certain kind of conversation in our space. And we've talked about this in the past when we've explored different topics, doesn't mean that this is a open discussion that everyone and anyone is ready and waiting to have with you. (laughs) And so that's part of like our intention in this space is to with willing participants who are excited to talk a little bit about these pieces to provide some of that discussion to digest, but it's not open season. So I'm yes. so glad that you said that. Yes. Thank you for Thank you for saying that. that.
3: Yeah. I had, I had an uncle, uh, that I'm not super close with, but I said, Hey, my wife's pregnant. We're really excited. We're having a baby. And he just kind of threw up his arm was like, how does that work? And like, that's not, <laughs> exactly. you're like, so there's this thing called Google. You can
0: actually type yeah. <laughs> in questions there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, yeah. When, a family member even someone who's in your orbit says or does something like that do you have strategies that you use or that you feel co- like comfortable sharing for just even other folks that might be listening about when they're coming against those moments that are very not just uncomfortable but like you know invasive and inappropriate
3: I think like just in some ways I know which I kind of like ahead of time know which kind of people relatives in my life and which ones are like you know, some some people surprise you, but I knew that particular like uncle was, you know, he's not somebody I'm gonna I'm gonna be i am I'm gonna like talk down from things or whatever. Like, just kind of knowing that like I don't I don't necessarily owe him anything and, and yeah. I can like make a joke. And I think I just made a joke like, oh I'm really good at what I do yeah. or something. <laughs> I think, I, just, I, think I, yes. I think I had like a free... I don't know. It's something I had thought about or something. I, I yeah. didn't, I, but it was very vague and then just kind of walked away in that like instance, but like, um, <laughs> I love like, that that was your yeah. response. I'm just that good. <laughs> yeah, I, I
2: didn't know you said that. That's so funny. And yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think we go into a lot of these interactions anticipating what people's reactions might be. So I think, uh, yeah, giving yourself a bit of preparedness is probably uh, a good idea, but One person who really surprised me actually was my dad because in the process with him, like when we were trying to get pregnant, Mm -hmm. I just told him how we were trying to get pregnant because I didn't want him to be weird. (laughs) And so I just, you know, when we did announce pregnancy, so I was like, yeah, we have a sperm donor and we're doing home insemination. Mm -hmm. And I think I even told him about the uh, (laughs) glass engraved, turkey baster that a friend of ours gave us Aww. for our wedding gift. That's incredibly
1: <laughs> sweet and unique <laughs>
2: gift. funny. Yeah. Don't use a turkey baster. It's not, it's not the right shape. <laughs> <laughs> but movies tell me it's so easy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean it is like fairly straightforward, but the, the turkey baster is just the wrong Device use a, right a liquid oral syringe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, so I I gave my dad forewarning, but then one thing that he did that really surprised me is that um, when we made our uh, pregnancy announcement online, he sent me an email and said, "Some family members are wondering how you got pregnant. What should I tell them?" Mm. Oh, that's lovely. And I was like, "High five, Dad! Thanks for yeah. asking." Um, And so I told him, you can just let him know that we have um, a known donor who's a friend who's going to be part of our kid's life and that should, yeah, give them all the info they need. Yeah, exactly. That's
0: the difference, right? Like info that, well, because people need a lot less info than they think they do. People think Mm -hmm. they're a lot more than they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And I mean, for us, they, oh my gosh, she's standing. Okay. You saw it here first live, folks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You you heard heard it here first. (laughs) You heard it here
2: first. People... People needed needed slightly more information with us just because our family expanded with by more than one person when our daughter was born. Mm-hmm. Um, our family expanded by like mm-hmm. one, two, like four four people immediately who mm-hmm. were involved in her life: the two grandparents and mm-hmm. um, the sperm donor and her aunt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that's relevant to our other family members, but if we didn't have a known donor, then it's like, all someone needs to do is like, we got a sperm donor, which like, how else do you think we got pregnant? Yeah. Like, I don't you know what's the... <laughs>
1: yeah. But it's like, you wouldn't ask a straight couple, like a cis straight couple, like, when did you guys like bang it out? And like, how did... Yeah, yeah. What <laughs> night
0: did that happen? Tell me about it. How long did it last? Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, what I'm positions not... were you in? So it's just like, so wild. To, like Oh my gosh,
0: let's
2: start telling people we had a threesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you're <laughs> like, no, 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 let me
0: tell you more. No, this isn't enough detail. I got more for you. Yeah. And they're going to be begging you to Stop and be
2: like, no, no, one more it's thing, one
1: more <laughs> thing. Let me tell you. Yeah. Hang on, let me get the notebook out. Yeah, it's just wild. I mean, and that's that's so much a part of like what we wanted to unpack today, is just like the things that people say and do that, you know, wherever it's coming from is where it's coming from, but that mm-hmm. they maybe do know or they don't even know is not okay, right? Or it's making um, a family or a Ooh. couple's experience or even a child's experience in the world as they move through the world that much more oppressive or othering or difficult and so I'm so grateful that you're willing to share
3: even that piece well, I've got one thing for people not to do ever don't ask mm-hmm. who's the daddy or who's who's father or who's yeah and it's like that has so many connotations like not just in the gay community but like I mean already mm-hmm. but but it just like everybody is focused on because like like there's I don't think they're that we're doing it like the right way or the better way. Like, like mm-hmm. I said, it's very deeply personal. It's only because we have this like relationship with this person. But like, if we had to go anonymous or like whatever various routes so there's nothing wrong with that either. and people who's who don't have anything to do with that other person, like I like that's okay too. And like as a non gestational parent, like when Astrid was pregnant and people were like asking a lot of questions about, where's dad or like we whatever like that really like bummed me out because yeah. mm-hmm. it's like well I'm dad or the dad or like I'm the parent like I'm the yeah. one that's
2: don't worry you're also the daddy that's right
3: I'm
2: <laughs> good night. yeah you are <laughs> Yeah. pretty much unless
0: you're on an episode of Maury Povich specifically about finding out who the father of a child is there's no reason to ask yeah, who's like, the father I
3: Totally. <laughs> um, but it's like you know I'm the one that's like here every day like like uh Ashley had a really Mm -hmm. difficult pregnancy, so it's like Mm -hmm. miserable. Like you know, okay, yeah, this guy. I feel you on that. High five, yeah, Abby and Ashley, big time connection. But yeah, just kind of like heteronormative, I guess, just understanding of like family and like Mm -hmm. you know who's where and like and how big of Mm -hmm. it's just wild that we put people put so much emphasis. On like that one little tiny sperm, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the only act they do is just that one is, is donate sperm that yeah. one time. And it's like yeah. there's just so much work that goes into it, you know. Yeah. And yeah. And he
2: did he donated sperm a handful of times. Oh yeah, he like, did
3: a bunch, yeah. You know,
2: but it's like, but that's it. It's like this dude has done very little work. Mm-hmm. And we're very grateful it's for that little small little amount work. of work he did.
3: Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's like Ainsley
2: yeah. was there in the thick of it with me chuck. Like just so miserable. And mm-hmm. now Ainsley is this incredible parent. Like and I admire your parenting so much. Wow. And yeah, this idea of who's the who's the dad or who's the daddy. Yeah. It's just like, oh my God, like don't eat wrong question. Like yeah. mm-hmm. who's yeah who's the person who has like such a, an amazing Instagram account that it makes it look like I'm like, they a single parent because I'm not in anything because <laughs> mm-hmm. she doesn't want to be she doesn't want to be in my pictures so. yeah She's a person that's there day in and
0: day out mm-hmm. parenting yeah, yeah. and it, like it's there's a difference between like parenting is a different thing and that's the important piece Yep, absolutely yeah.
2: and, and I mean the sperm donor is going to have an important part of life it's been a like it's been less this year because of COVID, yeah. and- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but in the future, you know, we're all hoping that it'll be able to be a bit more significant, but like, but even then it's not, it's not the day-to-day,
3: which is, you know, where the real parenting is. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm yeah. feeling like way less, I guess, insecure about it because I am with her so much. So people see me, out yeah. with her and they assume like I'm her parent. So
1: yeah, but- Totally.
3: Well,
0: speaking of the pandemic and this being your first year of parenthood, yeah. how are you guys doing? Yeah, you look sane. Extra yeah, so that's exciting.
2: <laughs> yeah, we have nothing good to compare it to.
1: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. part of me mourns the like, oh, we don't get to go to like a play group. But then the other part of me is like, I can't even understand. Like, I can't even stand the online spaces of like the mm-hmm. like the, the mommy mommy groups, right? And it's yeah. usually it's usually. Moms, and it's just such a more like cis, straight, normative yeah. space. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like I say that I'm. <laughs> That I, I wish we could go to play group, but also <laughs> I might hate it. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> we are part of this really rad um, queer and trans uh, trying to conceive and postpartum parenting group that now meets online. But oh my gosh, there are people that I were pregnant with there, that are these rad queers that, mm-hmm. you know, we were, um, there are these rad queer and trans parents we were. Yeah, pregnant with we were so excited to like be parents and have our babies with and hang out That now we you know really yeah can't do we met one of them in the park recently was mm-hmm. restrictions have gotten a little bit lighter which is cool but that's exciting yeah, so that, that stuff we've missed and then I guess the really big thing we've missed out on is um the ability for uh our child's eight grandparents yeah. to be able to be helping <laughs> lord do you need to help um, but just mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. and getting to know her
3: as she's growing up mm-hmm. we we were able to make um uh, one trip to yeah, to the mm-hmm. okanagan one trip to the okanagan um which is where uh both of Astry's parents are but yeah it's only one time in this entire year and it meant that like uh when we were in the hospital, like, you know, it was well, first of all, Ast- I couldn't even be there. So, so when this, when the pandemic, when all of this started, like, let's see, you were like a couple months oh. due in like February. And, like, mm-hmm. I i went to, to Florida, the last time I traveled. I was and,
2: due May and yes, I was yeah. shutting down.
3: And you weren't like, yeah, you weren't super, yeah, you weren't feeling great. You're still, so I went, I, I went to the wedding by myself. And I, I remember thinking then that a that pastry. Me. I was like oh you should probably wear a mask because you know I'm hearing about this thing and like <laughs> you know so it was on my mind then but like I went to a wedding with like 150 people come back
2: mm-hmm. and
3: it was like oh okay so I guess we like stay in now and not too soon after that you know it was like the stay-at-home yeah. orders and then like the first few weeks when you go out and like they're all the like, canned goods are gone like all that kind of stuff So like, that was just like super intense, Mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, what kind of world are we bringing our baby into? It just felt like so Mm -hmm. unknown. I just remember those first few weeks watching stuff like from Italy and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. I mean, it it got Mm -hmm. much, much worse, but in the States or whatever. And meanwhile, I was on the, you know, parent groups online on Mm -hmm.
2: Facebook and whatnot. Yeah. And, um, it, there were, there was like a few weeks there where people were going in and giving birth without their spouses. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus. that was terrifying. Um, and then we did have, um, yep. a doula yeah. who was going to be there for my birth. We were hoping yep. for a home birth, um, which we weren't able to have because I had preeclampsia. Mm-hmm. What up? Me too. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so just, yeah. Just adding insult to injury or yeah. injury to insult. Like, Yeah. It, yeah. Injury oh. to injury. Injury to injury. Um, and so, yeah. So we weren't able to have the home birth and then, uh, but then knew that we were only going to be allowed to have one support person and no doula. Um, at our particular hospital, that's not true of all hospitals.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But then Ainsley couldn't be there for the induction. Yeah. So, mm.
3: yeah, I had, it's like, we went from like, Oh, you're doing two weeks. To, your blood pressure was high, uh, just like a, at a check with the midwife, and they was like, "Okay, send you home with your own blood pressure measure, whatever it's called." <laughs> mm-hmm. Blood pressure cuff. Cuff. And so the next day was high again, and, she, and the midwife said, "You know, go to so go to the hospital, get some blood work done, yeah. and but bring a bag just in case." So to like bring your bring you to the hospital, and then like, okay, well we've got to induce you because you have preeclampsia. And then, like I, I was there with you for only about an hour. Yeah,
2: just for the insertion of the quick catheter,
3: which was, and it just, and was in a lot of pain. Like, and then I just had had to leave. It was it was awful mm-hmm. hard, you know. So, and just go sit at home and just like wait to hear like how are you doing and like, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. Then, the yeah, silver
2: lining being that Ainsley got a bit of sleep before I <clears throat> got induced, like with the oxytocin 24 hours after the catheter insertion. Mm. But uh, yeah, then. But then, but yeah, the oxytocin drip got started and then they were like, okay, now you can call your spouse and (laughs) tell them to come. And I had a really Mm -hmm. awful nurse who was being really weird about a variety of things. Did she ask me how we got pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. She asked me how we got pregnant. What? Um, As well as doing some weird, some Mm -hmm. other really awful like stuff that was really inappropriate. And, like, Ainsley Ainsley got called my friend in hospital, like, just garbage stuff. Anyway, but, yeah, so I was just, like, alone with this nurse who was being super inappropriate before Ainsley could even be there, and before my midwife uh, had arrived. So at your most vulnerable. Cool, cool. Mm -hmm.
3: COVID made that process really awful, Um, and... Mm -hmm um yeah when I and when I got there it was like that was the first time we had been in the room with or at least I've been in the room with other people like since this all like started so it was like oh wow now I'm like looking at people for the first time like this is weird um Mm -hmm. and yeah just stuff like yeah not having a doula there uh you know we had like everything all planned out um yeah but once we were in it we were in it but and thankfully like our midwife who, who was amazing like after she had delivered the baby which was a whole process i'm not saying it was local like just like that but she like picked up our phones and like s- took some pictures of us so we were actually able to get some Aww. pictures but mm. then yeah from there just was down to what's it called delivery
2: no after oh delivery. they call it yeah, mother babe, mother babe. <laughs> oh, they should call oh. it anti-partum, anti-partum partum is part.
0: fine yeah, well because also that gross. just makes it sound more mm-hmm. medical and if you're in a hospital i feel like cutesy isn't necessarily what you want cutesy and and exclusive or yeah
1: cutesy and inaccurate and exclusionary yeah Yeah,
2: no and well and people who give birth aren't necessarily mothers yeah exactly
3: and there was like one the first nurse that we got down there was like lovely and she was even just like super affirmative as far as like me and like being the parent and like like oh and she's like oh sometimes the dads will like Take off their shirt and put their baby against the chest to do skin like to, skin. to do. And I was like, great, thanks for telling me. You know, like mm-hmm. that was great. But
2: yeah, it's like kind of calling, like not, you know, using like should have just been like other parent, the other but, parent. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but she was clearly from a place that was just so genuine care of like, I'm seeing you as the other parent who would do the thing that the other parent does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 So it's like there, were not everything in the hospital was garbage, most of the stuff in mm-hmm. the hospital was garbage one because of covid but mostly because of like homophobia or mm-hmm. like at the very least just like institutional like mm-hmm. supremacy of heterosexuality and mm-hmm. um
1: binary gender stuff too yeah
2: yeah and then mm-hmm. like and then just some like a really yeah some other awful stuff and to like I she was posterior and like I had like three hours of pushing before they were like oh we should maybe like try another way of getting this baby out and so ended up using the vacuum was narrowly able to avoid a c-section but honestly probably should have had a c-section yeah um you know but that could have gone badly and I could be saying the other thing so who knows
1: yeah for Um, sure
2: and then I hemorrhaged and that was awful anyway it was just like a majorly not fun birth Mm -hmm. and we had to be in hospital for several days um, because Mm -hmm. our daughter was jaundiced Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah every extra day of being in there was like more chances for people to say weird things Mm -hmm. to us and then the level of cooped up yeah. in during yeah. COVID because it's like normally they would have like I'd be able to just walk our daughter to they had like an outdoor atrium area where I wouldn't be like leaving the hospital so they doesn't have all of like those mm-hmm. extra things where they worry about babies leaving um because you're still yeah there but like the outdoor atrium was closed which now we know is like uh, that was the safest place at the hospital yeah <laughs> no <know>. kidding <laughs> get everybody yeah. in the atrium immediately
3: there's definitely like I mean, talking about all this stuff now, I'm like, oh, my God. And we had to do this without, like, like, because your mom was, but, like, our parents were supposed to be in town. And, like, mm-hmm. you, and we've, talk, we've talked before about how, like, in some ways, it's so nice that mm-hmm. we got to spend, because it was so traumatic, we got to spend all that time with each other and just, like, really quiet. Coming home was very quiet <laughs> just about us <laughs> mm-hmm. and would not have been like that with family in town. But, like, on the other hand, like, <laughs> that's so wild. Like, we went through all of that and weren't able to, yes. like know, yeah. on our supports or even like hug a friend yeah yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah
1: totally and we did have
2: one friend who the person who was going to be our doula who then was like our bubble person for first the first while after I gave birth and um they were so helpful mm-hmm. and so that mm-hmm. like that was necessary having at least one other support person mm-hmm. was necessary and the queer yeah. community and they're queer Um, And the queer community has come through for us in a huge way during this process. We had to move. So we had, yeah, one queer couple who helped us pack and do like, watch our daughter so that we could get packing done. And like, we had to break public health orders in order yeah. to be able to move with an infant. Like there was just mm-hmm. no, way no way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no. And we had I'm just picturing that not going to happen. No. So, <laughs> we had another queer friend who did the move out inspection for us. And then uh, we had recently, yeah, uh, a queer friend and her wife help us do some unpacking. Mm. The queers really, really showed up. And that was really rad.
1: I'm so grateful being far away from where you are. And as a friend in your life. Yeah. Like I'm just so happy to hear that your built family and your community showed up in order to support through that time. It just shows the importance of that piece. Right. And that connectivity within our community Mm -hmm. spaces. You know, I think like people may hear the experiences that you just shared, especially like things about the hospital and um even stuff that we were talking about earlier in the conversation, and be surprised that people still say and do those things.
0: Or not be surprised and be like, what was wrong yeah, with that? Exactly. Mm. But I think yeah, even yeah. worse. That's right, Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's also why it's important because people need to understand that these are still really oppressive realities for people that are moving through these systems. So that's the other like strength in you sharing that is that like, there are people that a won't, won't know that they shouldn't say or do those things, but then there's folks that are probably sitting around thinking like everything's great. Now everybody gets to do their thing. And um, I think that's also equally important for people to hear like, no, there's still these like micro and macro and just like straight up aggressions Mm -hmm. that people experience as they move through these like really important sacred experiences in their life, I I want people to think about and hear what kinds of conversations and what things like would be helpful for them to be talking about and um, working harder on in their own families and in their own like workspaces in order to eliminate those experiences for folks that are um, moving through those systems. Great question.
2: One thing people could do specifically in like um, expecting groups is stop one having gender reveal parties or genital reveal parties because oh my gosh that's a whole thing but stop sharing like photographs or your ultrasound pictures and going do you think this is a boy or a girl like just stuff like that makes me want to tear my hair out Mm -hmm. um just because I mean, we chose not to find out the sex, and we are choosing to use gender pronouns for our
3: daughter yeah. um, as kind of like a best guess. Yeah. But like when she gets a old, bit older, Mabel will like be like, hey, we're going to try to do pl- uh, pronoun today, see so how that feels, you know. But just for now, mm-hmm. just to make everything just easier. Good. But we'll be open to all that and we
2: wanted to avoid anything like family being so curious that they wanted to do something weird like change her diaper
3: to like find out what her sex oh, is you oh, know yeah. anyway but just like i just threw I up know, in my mouth a little. i know it, right acid reflux. and so it happens though
2: yeah yeah and so it's like let's just kind of do a best guess and then as parents just like you know our daughter has a non-binary parent mm-hmm. so it's like you know it's gonna be pretty clear to her that gender is not um solely based on biological sex oh and also not conflating gender and sex mm-hmm. um is another thing that's really challenging so it's like giving yourself education on um the difference between sex and gender and I'm not going to give you the one-on-one right now because you can google mm-hmm. that or you can go
0: back to our episodes from season yes. one yes, yes here here. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah you went through it but don't make it the job of people with identities different than yours to educate
1: part of our program where we do our momentum shout out abby what did you see
0: I saw another cool parenting moment at a park because those are the only places I go these days. <laughs> so that's the only place I see things happening. <laughs> but this time I saw a parent at a park with a young toddler mm-hmm. who was screaming their head off, like just mm-hmm. straight up losing their mind. The child, not the parent. Just to yeah. clarify. <laughs> I would not
1: judge the parent if that no, was no. what they were doing.
0: I'm like, this child could not be consoled. Just mm-hmm. It was like several minutes it was just like pure animalistic screaming and there were like at least I'd say like a dozen other people within hearing range and admittedly because the sound did carry quite a bit mm-hmm. but I was so impressed with how this parent just like kept their calm throughout everything they didn't lose their shit the way that I would have after mm-hmm. five minutes mm-hmm. they were like really calm really collected really non-judgmental mm-hmm. they didn't um they didn't seem phased you know like sometimes, you know, the panic sets in when other people can hear your child and you're just like, oh my God, you feel like a pressure to calm them and silence them. Totally. But she just like, you know, was super chill and managed to just ride out the storm. And even like mid freak out, she like managed to turn to me and joke with me about the child's outburst.
1: Can you believe this asshole?
0: (laughs) And so I was really impressed by that just because I feel like I'm so tired and over COVID Mm -hmm, and just mm -hmm. don't have the patience that I set out to have in 2021. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And so, yeah, shout out to that parent who was riding out the scream storm.
3: So one thing about like the parenting space is that I found it like really like inaccessible like, accessible to like not just me as like a non-binary and and you know kind of maybe on the masculine side of like the gender binary but like it's like Ashley went to those mo- mommy groups and were like you know felt gross up and then like I didn't even go to them because they were mm-hmm. just so everything just felt so alien alien to me mm-hmm. and like I found that like I was so interested in like connecting with other people and like reading about things and whatever but so much of this stuff mm-hmm. just felt so like like not only is this space for like women but it's for a certain kind of women it's for heterosexual women it's for for women between this age and this age it's for women that aren't fat you know like there was just yeah it felt so exclusionary to the point where like I feel bad for like cis men that are like you know either dads or soon-to-be dads and like they do want to be like more involved but it's just or like these beginning like parts or like learning or sharing and talking but it's just like it's just, it's like, we're, we're almost like from the beginning, we're just taking for granted that like, oh, like being a parent is like a mom thing. And like, this is what I have like some back problems. So I was like, okay, I want to look for some exercises that I can like start building up strength so that I can like carry our kid without hurting my back. Mm -hmm. And even just like, when I was looking for a very specific thing that like, I should be able to Google this, like I can Google, I know how to Google, right? Like, (laughs) but I got sent to like this page where it was like, Tips for carrying the baby, and it was like basically like they were talking to like a fifties like housewife. Mm-hmm. Like, put them down in the put them down in the playpen for a few minutes. Do you have a family member that can help out? Like, do you have like? Can your hu- I I don't know, just like yeah. not even considering that there's another, and there are single parents out there. That's great, but like for the people or mm-hmm. there's multiple, or for like people on the side of masculine or men, like I just mm-hmm. found it very alienating and like hard oh, to find information. And I found sanctuary and like our queer parenting groups, I found the, um, the midwives, the particular midwife thing that we went to, with very inclusive, very, like, bringing mm-hmm. me into the fold, and, like, you know, and all mm-hmm. of that, so.
2: And yeah. from what I understand, there are really two camps in midwifery of, like, the people who were rad and progressive, and, like, queer, like, there are so many queer midwives, and then the really old-school, mm-hmm. like, Um, Mm -hmm. Yoni, Gaia, sacred feminine, midwife, midwifery. You know, but like I would say for queer families, if you're finding the kind of the queer positive um, midwives, that that's like a really potentially affirming space um, in a medical system that's like really not affirming for the most part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I consider myself like a femme queer. And like I'm embracing masculinity more these days just to I think like as a response to this super feminized um, labor that I'm doing of feeding our child Mm -hmm. uh, through nursing and um, which I call breastfeeding, but chest feeding is another um, good non-gendered way of talking about feeding babies from your body. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like, even for me who consider myself like a femme queer to that, like, the space feels too like girly for me is like imagine Ainsley trying to fit into that as like a non-binary masculine of center person. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's so much of what you've been saying and I, this has come up into my brain a couple of times with things that you've shared that these are just best practices for everybody right Mm -hmm, like you say something and it's like you like you said Ains before i just i'm starting to feel for cis like dad identifying parents because of their and there was some other things that you were saying at the beginning even around like asking people about things around their pregnancy it's just like so much of what we're talking Mm -hmm. about here is actually gonna is beneficial to everyone right Mm -hmm. and it makes Mm -hmm. spaces more accessible less oppressive uh, across the board they're just best practices period Mm -hmm. yeah
2: 100 (laughs) percent and so, yeah, another best practice that people can have is um, the way they talk about families with their children. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm thinking, um, well, we were both there for the first time when we were at the park um, and there was a little girl, I'd say probably about six, who was so interested in our daughter and clearly really likes babies and was like, oh, mm-hmm. I wish I could hold her. And we're like, oh, we would love for you to be able to hold her, but because of COVID you can't. And, and then at one point she goes, so are you both her mommy? And we're like, yeah. And I mean, like Ainsley doesn't identify as a mom. Ainsley uses the, the word Ada to describe mm-hmm. themselves, but it's like, we don't need to.
3: But for kind of like outside looking in, I'm happy to be seen like as mom, like for people mm-hmm. that know me like Ada, but like for little kid on the street, that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. and
2: you know, it sucks that Ainsley needs to be like, uh, I'll accept this other thing um in order for like to easily move through the world but you know but that's the world we're in and so it's like if this is the thing that legitimizes ainsley's appearance great whatever Mm -hmm. um and so we're like yeah we're both her mommy and it was very sweet she went oh i only have one mom (laughs) she's like but i have two grandmas we're like oh that's really nice not quite the same but that's cute (laughs) and so my my first thought was like oh her family must have like talked to her about this stuff. That's really cool. And then that quickly started to disintegrate. She was like, so, so do you have a uh, follow-up questions? Uh-huh. Oh, dear. <laughs> and we're like, nope, no husbands. We're married to each other. And she was like, so does your baby have a dad? We're like, no, nope, two moms. <laughs> um, And she's like, so, okay, so you're not, you don't even have husbands like she was really processing this and it was like right. one you're like missing out that like some people are just single parents by choice mm-hmm. um or single mm-hmm. parents not by choice yeah single parents yeah um so it's like clearly their family missed out on telling her that yeah and then like yep. for her like her mind was really there was no prejudice in it at all no. she was just trying to figure this out and it was like she shouldn't have to figure this out at yep. the park with us
1: yeah yeah with these
2: two strangers like I feel
1: like she was let down
2: this could have been so easily built into her education Mm -hmm. and so then she had another interaction with you at another like you ran into her again at at some point yeah oh god part two (laughs) but like maybe asking oh oh my gosh she basically was asking for the birds and the beast talk was like, oh, yeah. oh great <laughs>
1: oh oh yeah like, oh, right, right. I like, no. left our last conversation really thinking about this can you can we circle back how um, but you know what that yeah. also tells me that she's so
0: thirsty yes. for information and didn't know where to get it yeah. from that she's like you know what these strangers they seem, seem nice. like they will give me the real info I will ask them follow-up <laughs> yeah. questions and it's like you
2: know what like you did come to the right people like we do i have straight up done sex ed yeah yeah um, <laughs> but like families do you want the queers giving your kids sex ed because we will
3: yeah <laughs> <But> like, sometimes when <laughs> mommy and mommy love each other very much and they're married they got a cup <laughs> yeah <laughs> <They
0: get friends. laughs> But I love that. Well, my child also had a question for the two of you. Because with each episode that we're doing um, uh, this season, when we have guests, I've been asking him like, okay, this is what we're talking about. Do you have any questions? So I explained, I was like, okay, we're going to be talking to Ainsley and Astrid today. They have a new baby. And then I explained (laughs) a little bit about your family makeup and he had no follow-up questions about that because we've talked about it before and he's a child. So kids kind of, I find they go with whatever. That's great. So his very important question for you is... What is your daughter's favorite toy? Oh,
3: oh good question. Solid question, buddy. Wow.
1: He always uh, um, has the best questions of any of us.
3: Our keys. Yeah, like literally our keys <laughs> is her favorite thing to play with.
2: Favorite toy is the keys and her favorite playmate is our small dog who they, yeah, yeah, yeah. exchange toys through the baby game. But yeah,
3: puzzle piece awesome. is the, I guess the toy toy.
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, but yeah. So I do want to circle back to this conversation we were having. With the girl at the park. Mm-hmm. And so that second time, she was still processing and she asks Ainsley specifically, she's like, So if you don't have a husband, how was your daughter made? Mm-hmm. Like, how did okay. this happen? And so Ainsley's like, I think I need to bring the book, What Makes a Baby, to the yeah. park. Yeah. <laughs> Were you also at some point like, Who and where is your grown up? Um, <laughs> like, no. totally. Totally. I think like,
3: tired over in the
2: corner because
3: clearly they have a very inquisitive child yeah yeah they're really tired but I was I definitely didn't have like a quippy funny answer or anything I was just like oh go ask your parents yeah (laughs) it's also
1: not on you
3: which is also fair because it's
0: not your job to educate this random child at the playground
1: (laughs) but so much of what I'm hearing there is it's like we still have lots of talking to do and lots of work to do around how people are talking about families in their families like well mm -hmm. and i
2: think that people are like doing so much better with talking Mm -hmm. about bodies and talking about families and Mm -hmm. giving young kids an idea of like how this stuff works like they're getting better at using anatomical language it's not your pp it's a Mm -hmm. penis yeah um and saying vulva instead of vagina when they are talking about external genitalia Yeah, and so i think they're doing a lot better and they're like oh check mark good parenting Mm -hmm. I told my kid that that it takes a mommy and a daddy to make a baby maybe they give them a little bit more information about like a sperm and an egg Mm -hmm. but it's like no you do you do have to go a little further than that (laughs) like Mm -hmm. it's not just mommies and daddies and Mm -hmm. um and then also like I would really love for people to start talking to their kids about how sex and gender are not the same thing and they're really lovely Mm -hmm. easy ways of doing it being like kids very quickly will either learn from their parents or from other kids um like oh boys have penises and girls have um vulvas and vaginas Mm -hmm. and uh to quickly just be like that's true for a lot of girls and for a lot of boys but some girls have penises, Mm -hmm. um, for example, or, and some, some kids don't feel like boys or girls, or they feel like a bit of both. And there's also really wonderful books to help with that too. Um, my absolute favorite is, um, from the stars in the sky to the fish in the sea by Kai Cheng Tom.
0: Yes. We talked
2: about that in our first season. It's It's a, it's
1: a gaining momentum fan favorite.
2: Oh yeah. so, so beautiful but it's just this stunning book that as you know you've talked mm-hmm. about and it the story goes that the baby was born when the moon the moon and the sun were both in the sky and so they didn't know what to be so they decided to be a bit of everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and that for that kid that sometimes things were really hard and their parent didn't know how to make it okay all the time but their parent loved them mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. and every day the day in day out their parent continued to love them and it's like I do um I do research um and my thesis was about or my thesis that I'm still currently writing is about queer young adults memories of childhood play Mm -hmm. and Mm. um one thing that's come forward uh, many times both both overtly and covertly is this idea that kids and especially queer kids need to hear that they are loved Yep. Like they need to hear, I love you. And they need to be, uh, mm-hmm. and they need to be touched by their parents and, or their caregivers in the same way that any other kid is. Of course. Mm-hmm. Just to like really have that driven home. And I think that comes like, I think that's at a community level too. Like mm-hmm. queer kids oh need God. to know that they're loved and cared about. And one of the ways you do that is about teaching your children about mm-hmm. gender diversity mm-hmm. and diverse families. Because I need for our daughter to know that her family is a legitimate, beautiful, wonderful family. And the way for her to be able to do that is for kids not to be asking her questions or making her feel like her family is weird. Mm -hmm. um, But for Mm -hmm. people to just be like, cool, like that first reaction that that girl had of like, you have two mommies, like, I only have one. (laughs) You're lucky. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: And that's the thing too, right? Because children have questions. And so it's like, it's, they will go where they need to go to get those answers. So keeping your children from information doesn't stop the questions from happening. So why don't you help your, your children have as much information as possible? That'll not only help and enrich their lives, but help and enrich the lives of their classmates and the other kids that they meet along the way to make mm-hmm. everyone's journey a little bit smoother <laughs> and a little bit less hard.
1: Yeah. And it's really like yeah. the continual, ongoing normalization of everybody's family experiences. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and and I think like, Part of that is exposure. And I think it's worth people asking themselves. It's like, if you're a parent and you have parent friends, but you don't know any, even like at an acquaintance level, parents who are queer, that's why nice. is that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, why, why is it that there aren't queer families in your life? And I think that's the same yeah. thing um, that I've heard from friends and parents of color is that if you don't have any friends of color, it's like, how, what's producing that? Because just simply having exposure in real life to that you can point to really makes a difference in legitimizing um, diverse families.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. I feel like that's a really good spot for us to maybe end our conversation on, even though Mm -hmm. I know there's so much more to be said. And I wish we could talk for five more hours, which I'm sure we will once we're off air. But
0: maybe we can revisit next season yeah. and we could get a one year or I guess almost two year update at that point. That's how old your daughter will, your oh, daughter will we be. Oh, we'd love
2: to. I'm sure our daughter will have a lot to tell you a year from now. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. <laughs> well, we're just so grateful that you took the time today. And I know our listeners will also be grateful for everything that you were so generous
2: in sharing. And and if people do have follow-up questions, we are totally happy to answer those questions um, or not. If you awesome. decide it's a question you yeah. don't want to answer, but... <laughs> yeah. But if people want to, if people want to ask anything, we're really open to, to sharing. Amazing.
0: And from a point of wanting to learn, not just like. Voyeurism. You know, mm-hmm. like weird. Yes. Voyeurism. That's the word. Mm-hmm. It was like weird curiosity. Totally. Yeah. I mean, we've
2: already given you the goods. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thanks so much for having we us. We hope it's get a little easier with the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, good, just good luck with everything. Both of you.
1: Let's pause for momentum.
0: Combinations. Who's the dad? That question does not compute. It is not about an X plus Y situation, but about families built in love. So stop the calculations, no more faulty equations, trying to place limits, create a value set within the bounds of what you know. We will not be boxed in by your strictly defined limits. Here's where permutations can come into play. A family is not one thing, so let's expand our horizons and talk to our kids about families in all combinations so they can find comfort in being exactly who they are.
1: We acknowledge that Gaining Momentum is recorded, produced, and edited on the unceded territory of the Selic Okanagan people
0: and the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil nations.
3: Gaining Momentum. Gaining Momentum. Uh, hosted Making making an Abby. With artwork by Gaproom Katja. Music by Evan Guy
0: Please check our show notes with each episode for more information on Catherine and Evan, plus how you can stay in touch with us through email, Instagram, and Facebook. We look forward to hearing from you.